0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to your Enneagram Coach, the podcast. We are having so much fun because our podcast is now on YouTube. So we hope that you'll go there and check it out. Like the video that really helps us a lot and be sure to subscribe to our channel. Now, today, we're going to dive deep into the world of type sixes and their Enneagram internal profile.
1: If you're not certain about what Enneagram internal profile is, be sure to head back over to episode 112, where we give you an overview of what EIP is. It's also the topic of our new book coming out in September, More Than Your Number. But why don't we first just go through a brief overview of this new approach that we're calling Enneagram Internal Profile. Now, you've probably had thoughts like this before. First, like part of me wants to do this or part of me wants to do that. Or maybe when you're finding your own Enneagram type, you thought, I'm not sure which wing I am or Or which, if I'm a two or three, and one of those might be a wing, or maybe you began to resonate with one of your paths that maybe it's not a healthy season. And so you looked at all the stress path and maybe that's my main type. Well, EIP helps to clarify some of this because it helps us to understand that we're not just one main type, but rather that there are a lot of parts to us and that the Enneagram serves as a map for us. So, of course, the main type is still the driving force that drives all that we do with all of its core motivations, but it's not the only part of us. EIP helps us to see that we have six parts of us that highly influence how we express our main type. The first is our main type holds two key parts, our wounded child and our beloved child. That's the spirit-led self. Second, there are connecting types. This comprises the four more parts. These are the two wings. Yeah, that's both wings and the two paths. And we can access those four parts either from a perspective of being aligned with the truth of the gospel or misaligned, depending upon if these parts are functioning on behalf of a wounded child or the beloved child. So using EIP enables you to become aware of your current heart condition and know how to steer each part back into alignment by asking the Holy Spirit for help to awaken to our beloved child back into leading all of our various parts. And when our beloved child is leading, overflow will happen and f- all the fruits of the spirit that accompany it.
0: Yeah. And and that's why the Enneagram symbol is so helpful. It clearly lays out our EIP by just looking at the symbol itself. Because like you said, Jeff, we have our main type and then we have the two numbers on either side of our main type, which are our wings. And those are a uh, part of our EIP. And then the lines are connected to two more types, which we call Enneagram paths. And those are the other two types that um, make up our EIP, the Enneagram internal profile. And each of these parts influence us greatly. Yeah. Now it they're going to, influence us, whether in healthy aligned ways or unhealthy misaligned ways, completely depending on our current heart condition and whether we're trusting the truth of the gospel by following the lead of the Holy Spirit, which is when our beloved self is um, at the helm or does our wounded child show up and it thinks it's trying to help us, but it can derail us. So let's now do a brief summary on type sixes to refresh your memory. So type sixes, they are so reliable, hardworking, dutiful, and steady. Do you know this, Jeff? Bring
1: bring it on, (laughs) Beth. Just keep it coming. Tell me all the great things about things. Well,
0: hold your horses because there's going to be a few hiccups here. I'm not holding
1: horses, (laughs) Beth. I'm not holding horses.
0: They are incredibly faithful.
1: Faithful. got that tattooed across my chest. Do you really? Faithful. I don't I don't, I don't, remember don't, I that. don't have a tattoo. No, I don't. But <laughs> if I did, it would be.
0: That would be a good one. Yeah. So like I said, they're incredibly faithful, courageous, loyal, and committed. But they do have but some struggles. But they're even
1: more amazing. <laughs> but that's
0: not all. Right. But they do have, struggle with an internal committee. These are uh, voices that are constantly chiming in with contradictory thoughts Um, all the different possibilities are out there, analysis, worst case scenarios, and then holds a vast array of different questions for any given situation. Now the inner committee constantly causes sixes to second guess themselves and it creates this self doubt, not really knowing what, which path they should choose. Like, should I do this or should I do that? So they want to consult others before they make a decision, but they want to find another person Mentor teacher, belief system that they can trust, which is hard, especially nowadays, like who can we sure. trust right um to give them that I've direction
1: literally um this okay I've
0: <laughs> if you haven't I noticed have, Jeff is a type six by the way i
1: have <laughs> i I literally have said that to someone within the last couple of days i it's funny to think about it that it could have been just me being a six <laughs> it,
0: well, I would say just to pause in what we're talking about. I would say as a whole, all the nine types, even me as a nine who wants to idealize everything, like everything's fine. Even as nines are like, yeah, the world is really <laughs> not doing well. And who can we trust? You know, the, you go on, you know, you well, hear about Facebook having, you know, in all these social media places, having fake bots and fake news and fake information. And you're like, well, I, where do I go?
1: Well, it came up in the context that we have some uh, dear friends that are releasing a book that they put substantial amount of research in, and they're talking about positioning the book on the basis of the research that they've done, but realizing that particularly during COVID, the comment was always, do your research, do your research. And even if people presented arguments, there were arguments about the research itself. Now, here's the good news is that us sixes have been prepared for this. Yes, we've been preparing for years for this.
0: Well, and that goes into your focus of attention.
1: Well, I don't know. Before we go there, I just want to talk a little bit about about this. And, and if you're a six, <laughs> you love a six, or you're having your spouse listen to this because they're a six, be sure to comment on this. Um, and I think of my intercommittee as parliament uh, over in the United Kingdom, and it. And this is what it's like. One part of me stands up like, "Well, I, I think we should do this." And then another part stands up and they're they start booing and hissing at me like what but what about this? But what about that? What what about this? And the whole time there is a younger part of my heart. It's um I don't know if it's the parliamentarian or who it is that kind of sits at the head overseeing all of the House of Commons there and and them com and they're standing there intending to lead the conversation, but they don't say anything and i'm looking for someone that's going to stand up in the midst of the chaos to actually bring direction and clarity to my life. Now, there have been a lot of people and a lot of systems um uh, books, authors, pastors that have sat, mentors that have sat in that chair, but i found that, you know, I, it doesn't provide the kind of assurance that i'm looking for, but i keep looking outside of myself to find the assurance. I don't know, you you let us know whether or not that resonates with you in regards to your inner committee. But, Bethany, why don't you tell me what I focus on?
0: Yes. So, but that is really <laughs> helpful. I think when you told me about um, the House of Parliament, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Cause I think
1: I'm not even sure what to call it. I, I, I feel very uh, silly even using words like House of Commons. I right, mean, we
0: don't even know what we're talking about, I, but I, we've seen it on c You know what it, we've seen it on C-SPAN. It, yeah. We've seen it on C-SPAN, yes. but we don't really know what we're seeing. We're just seeing. Chaos, it looks like, ensue. Yes. And that's what you're saying you feel like inside. That's right. Yes. Well, so sixes are, their focus of attention is always scanning the horizon to predict and prevent negative outcomes, especially worst case scenarios, so they can prevent harm from happening, whether for themselves or others. But let me let you know, Jeff, you have lots of great strengths.
1: I I do. I'm still caught up on the worst (laughs) case scenarios, yes.
0: (laughs) Well, and usually when I say this, most sixes are like, "Uh, can I trust you? Like, what are you going to say? Like, what's 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 about to be unfolded? Is this going to be true and authentic? Or are you just buttering me up, right?
1: Mm, uh, Yeah, we don't. I don't. I'm going to say this a lot. I don't using I because we sixes, we're a diverse bunch. You are a diverse bunch, yeah. There's a whole spectrum of sixness. Yeah, that is Um, true.
0: You're the most complex on the Enneagram.
1: Uh, Of course we are. Of course we are. Um, But I, you know, just in thinking about worst case scenarios, the thought that was coming to mind was rarely do my worst case scenarios ever come true. Matter of fact, many times, maybe I'm just not as great of a six as others, but I'm, I wasn't even close as to what was actually going to happen. And it, it is sad to think about how much time I spend thinking about different scenarios without really living and embracing the present mm. and living it out and just seeing what God does. But yeah. that was what was coming up for me.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's really good. Well, your strengths. Great.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: You're extremely loyal.
1: Extremely loyal. Some yes. may call that codependent, but we'll call well, it when
0: it's unhealthy. It can be, un- yeah. it can be codependent, but we're talking about the healthy and we're also talking to other people, not just you. So let's in- let them enjoy the,
1: Oh, Stri- yeah, you guys aren't codependent, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back at it. So sixes are extremely loyal and faithful to those that they trust. They are diligent, responsible, and hardworking, and they have great compassion for others. They're incredible tr- troubleshooters um, because they're thinking through all the possible scenarios, right? And they definitely have an incredible sense of humor, right?
1: i <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, you you hear us joke around on the podcast, yes. and but on our team we have a number of sixes,
0: and it's hilarious. It's a riot. Yeah, it's a riot. That's that's actually the better way of saying it. It's a riot. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we get work done. No, Beth
1: gives me the look. We I call it the OHO. <laughs> and uh, I know like okay, I can I need to turn the six off.
0: Right, right. But it has been fun.
1: Sure. Yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> okay. So. The six is where the weaknesses come in, though, is that they are plagued with constant feelings of self-doubt and worry. And again, that comes back to the inner committee that's constantly bringing up all these different scenarios. And they fear that others are going to abandon them and take advantage of them. Now, one thing you need to realize is that they're constantly calculating and preparing for what could happen next. And when they're not living to their own expectations, they can actually become very critical of themselves. But at their best, they are self-affirming and incredibly generous and courageous because they readily trust themselves and others. No longer are they looking outside themselves for someone else to come through for them. They're actually coming through for themselves and trusting their own discernment, which they have great discernment. They're also very endearing, warm, friendly, likable, playful, and have a very witty personality. And they are deeply engaging with others, dependable and committed to anyone that they count as an equal. And that's the thing about sixes I love. There's no hierarchy. Like, we're all in this together. We're a team. And they're going to be fiercely committed to their families, their jobs, and communities and strive to bring stability wherever they're at and to make sure everyone feels secure. Now, they can be an amazing advocate for those that feel powerless or that are powerless And they're going to take their anxieties when they're at their best and their insecurities to God, knowing that he is sovereign and that he is going to bring them all um, the provisions that they need. Okay. Now let's talk about the core motivations of a type six. And this is why you do what you do, Jeff. So this is going to,
1: I've been wondering this for a long time,
0: (laughs) why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways. Now the core fear of the six is the fear of fear itself being without support, guidance, and security. They fear being blamed, targeted, and definitely physically abandoned, but they desire to have security, guidance, and support. But the core weakness is anxiety. Now Anyone can be anxious. We're all, we're all sure. anxious. But what this means with the Enneagram, why they bring this up with um, sixes is, again, that scanning the horizon to predict and prevent negative outcomes, especially worst case scenarios. So they're remaining in that constant state of apprehension and worry. Now, the last is their core longing with they long to hear, which is you are safe and secure. But God uniquely speaks the gospel message to each type. And for sixes, he fully meets their core longing by letting them know that they are safe and secure right where they're at. So, Jeff, tell us a few verses that really mean a lot to you.
1: Well, there are three things that come to mind for me. And uh, number one is this from Isaiah 41 uh, that says, do not fear for I am with you. Now, that is a formula for a a true principle to apply to all Enneagram types. But as I personally experience that, that the cure to my fear, the cure to my anxiety is not more knowledge. It's not necessarily right action, but it's actually that God promises to be with me whatever the outcome might be. Now, this is same is to be said is true even in the Gospels. In John 16, 33, uh, Jesus tells his followers that in this world you will face trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Uh, there's a, uh, a songwriter who wrote a song, uh, Matthew Perryman Jones, who uh, used this one line of dancing to the rhythms of grace. And that is, I've always used that as a paradigm. Is my heart attuned to, is it in rhythm with the Holy Spirit with Jesus. And then lastly is this promise that I cling to from Psalm 32. It says, I will teach you and instruct you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and keep my loving eye upon you. So the idea that God is not only with me, but he is promising to even instruct, lead, guide, counsel, is such a comfort to my heart that despite I may buy books and have Amazon showing up every day, I may be listening to stuff, um, I can go all about trying to find the right information. But in the end, what settles the sixth heart and fulfills our longing as a type six is the presence of Jesus in our lives.
0: We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening, but when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourintegramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. Uh, That's so true. I guess I was also thinking what came to my mind was when Jesus was sleeping on the boat and through the storm, you know, he had said, let's go to the other side. And then the storm came up and they're all anxious. And rightfully so, you know, at the same time, he was still asleep and, you know, knowing that the father was going to take them from one side to the other and and just thinking of like, do not fear, you know? And, and I think, can you speak just a little bit on what that feels like as a six, because it can feel very, if I were a six, very condemning, like, do not fear, you know, like, like in a negative way versus the positive way of him saying like you you would to a little child, like, don't fear I'm here. I'm with you. Mm how does that usually first initially land on you? Is it the, usually the other way?
1: or? Well, there's a few different things that come to mind. Uh, number one is this, how we're instructed around commands. Uh, typically, when we think of commands in Scripture, oftentimes they've been communicated as don't transgress these, which is what identifies what sin is, but it's done in a way of condemnation and fear and shame don't be a scaredy cat. Don't be an unafraid person. And so we try to use the command, almost shame it out of people. And then I think number two is that we fail to recognize that the commandments were really the fulfillment of what it meant to be God's creation, His people who are made in His image. And so we forget about the life-giving benefits to it. Well, whenever I think of the idea of do not fear, Uh, We have to recognize that as human beings, God actually gave us the capacity for fear. So what would he be speaking against if he's the one who gave it to us in the first place? And I think the text is actually speaking to unhealthy fear, because healthy fear leads us to the fear of God and to wisdom, whereas unhealthy fear uh, leads us into all kinds of frenetic activity to try to secure for ourselves rather than trust. I mean, even just that, that... Passage you allude to, Beth, about Jesus swelling asleep in the boat. You know, I'm also pa- thankful of the, or yeah, mindful of the passage in Isaiah that said, um, "You will pass through the waters and they'll not overcome you. You'll walk through the flames and you will not be burned." You're still walking through water and fire. Like he <laughs> yes. knows it, that that's going to happen. <laughs> right. So there's a certain sense to where God knows you're. I'm still going to permit you to walk through difficulty. But our fear actually becomes the avenue by which we attune to Him, versus our own habits, our own strategies to try to live apart from Him.
0: Well, and from us being an enneagram coach, from from my experience, the sixes are looking for that um, strong, knowledgeable um, authority that they can fully trust in. And because we live here on Earth, and there's no one here to To give that to us, or at least ourselves, and then we look outside and we think, oh, maybe them, and then they they don't work, and then oh, maybe them, and they don't work. God is, keeps pointing our heart back to Him, saying, trust me, trust me, trust me.
1: Well, it reminds me of the C.S. Lewis idea that if our hearts have a longing that this world cannot satisfy, maybe there's something outside of it that is intended to satisfy, and and that's the truth we ought not to shame ourselves over having the desire to find security outside of ourselves, but it doesn't happen through fallen and broken people. It actually happens in relationship with Jesus. And even that he will use our fear and our anxieties to actually draw us back to him. That's why we have the whole book of Psalms is to see a man's heart lived out with God at the core of who he is.
0: Authentically. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, Part of the six, as we coach sixes, is trying to get them to recognize their own discernment and their strengths to make good decisions. But because they have the inner committee and so much self-doubt, because they're hearing so many contradictory messages, they don't trust themselves. And we're not really saying, oh, trust your human self. But as a believer, we know that we have the Holy Spirit with us and you can trust His wisdom and His discernment. What's that like to know that the Holy Spirit is with you and you can rely on Him to guide you?
1: Uh, to be quite honest with you, Beth, it, I, I experienced a lot of ambivalence. Uh, I'm I'm mindful of the uh, gentleman in Mark. I think it's like Mark chapter 9 where his son um, was uh, possessed by a demon. Uh, he's thrown himself in the fire. Jesus comes up and the father says, will you heal my son? And he says, do you, do you want me to? And the guy says, yes. I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And so even experiencing, and, and Beth, you know this too. I mean, we've talked about this a lot in books and events. We were together 15 years and I was still wondering if you were going to leave me. <laughs> yeah, and, and if I'm honest, there's still a part of me. Like on my <laughs> worst days, like I think this is it. I've exhausted her patience. But, but, but is that it, how
0: we feel though about God? We've exhausted his patience. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But we don't. Okay. I didn't know if you were going to say like you as a nine don't feel that. I'm like, well, maybe you should.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying like that is like, that's very much of a human nature. But it's so if we, if we do it with God the Father, of course we're going to do that, you know, with, um, you know, our spouse or friends or boss or coworkers because they can't, you right. know, sustain the level of uh, security that we all need and especially what sixes are looking yes. and longing for. But let's now take a look at type sixes misaligned wounded child part of their heart. And this is the part that has been hurt by trauma, sin, um, and it's the most vulnerable and tender part of their heart. Now, this part is going to react to life from a history of painful experiences. So for type sixes, their primary need is to protect themselves from harm. So Jeff, since you're type six, can you like help us kind of understand what this wounded part of you is for the type six?
1: Yeah, I can remember uh, in working with a therapist for a while and being able to think about my own heart and desiring to be safe, uh, to be secure. And we were able to identify one of my very first memories when I was five years old. And I remember my parents were moving and I was actually come to find out staying at my grandparents' house. Well, they stayed there until after dark, uh, moving all of our belongings to the sure. new house that I grew up mm-hmm. in. And I just, I wondered if they were coming back. Uh, mm-hmm. Even as a five-year-old, I wondered if...
0: This is it. What's kind of like with me? <laughs> I think
1: it was that she's done. Yes, I just sit there like, Beth, are you leaving? Are you <laughs> leaving? Are you? No, it's not. Well, it can't be. But uh, that to say is that that's the wounded part of my heart. Uh, sometimes in life, whenever... Uh, I'm embodying this wounded part of my life. I tend to almost skate outside of reality and what I'm experiencing because I'm wondering, it feels overwhelming to me and I don't feel like I can actually move in with agency to actually uh, determine how, what the consequences are going to be to uh, this particular predicament that we may be in. So I'm always longing to feel safe and secure and, uh, I desire is for guidance. It's for support, security, but it's the world is always changing. It's shifting and people are changing and shifting. And so I can't find peace. But in order to avoid what ends up happening, what is, in order to avoid potential harm and uh, to calm the chaos that's happening internally, I'll start to predict and strategize. I mean, I even find myself at times almost trying to think other people's thoughts before they say them, almost like I can feel more in control. And then you add into all this, our inner committee and a uh, man.
0: When did that, when do you think that started for you? Do you kind of remember?
1: Uh, you know what? I've never given a lot of thought to when I experienced that.
0: It's just kind of always been there. Maybe. Right.
1: I, I do remember um, back in the early two thousands, I'd come across a book by uh, Barton on Invitation to Silence and Solitude, and I actually started to practice that. And I noticed that I had this flywheel of thoughts going through my mind that took a while for that to slow down to even capture what was happening. And then as we got introduced to other different modal therapeutic modalities, I started to be able to name the various parts, because at the beginning, just like a cacophony of voices and inclination, body sensations, uh, they would show up in all kinds of secondary ways until I was able to narrow down and identify them all. But the interesting thing about the intercommittee is that oftentimes it brings greater uncertainty and, con- and uh, confusion and leads to greater experiences of self-doubt. And so I, I, I don't make decisions at times. I just I battle between a number of different options and then I just get paralyzed. Mm. So to seek this, I find myself... Uh, seeking clear and reliable guidance. Like, who's going to decide this doubt for me? See, our, our wounded child part, it falsely believes that it's not okay to be in the world. It's not okay to trust ourselves. And so as a child, we saw the world as a dangerous and unreliable place and longed to hear and to experience from whether it be an adult, a mentor, a teacher, somebody that you are safe and secure. And as an adult, I still experience that longing as the CEO of your Enneagram coach. I long for the consultant, the mentor, someone who's going to help to decide, well, what do I do now? The scenario's all changed. What I did know may not be enough for what I need now. And so oftentimes the messages that do come across from our wounded child, that it's not okay to trust myself, so I have to seek wisdom and feedback and guidance from others, even at times getting too much guidance and too much feedback. Uh, thought another thought that comes to mind: If I'm completely prepared, maybe uh, if I have all the bases covered, then I'm going to be okay. But you never reach that point. And as it relates to my relationships, that in order to maintain them, I always need to be the responsible, hardworking, and trustworthy one in order to maintain that relationship. I, my the wounded child part of my heart does its best to be responsible, prepared. Uh, to work hard, to be diligent, to think through everything in order to gain security and safety, in order to prove loyalty even to other people. But the problem is the more that I believe and trust in all of these messages, the more that I don't trust myself, the more that I miss out on what actually God has really provided and gifted me with, Uh, and so I'm not able to discern people's input, and I actually become more anxious, and more concerned about the future.
0: Well, so then how do we bring healing to the wounded child?
1: Well, and and here's the thing for the type six. So we know that all that Jesus has accomplished for us in his life, death, and resurrection are ours through faith. And so in order for the wounded child to experience healing, we as the beloved child who've been filled with God's spirit need to learn how to apply the truth of the gospel to ourselves. Because he loved us first, we love because he extended compassion to us. We give ex- compassion to others. So one, we need to learn to be and befriend and be hospitable to the wounded part of our hearts it needs our attention because for that's years, not easy, right? It's not easy because, you know, we, we don't trust ourselves. And so if I try to show up in healthy ways to mm-hmm. lead my own heart and interior world, sometimes there's even suspiciousness. Like you've not always taken care of yourself. Sure. Yeah. Um, and next I, we give our parts names. It helps us to easily personify and identify that pattern of behavior and relating to the world. Also and so gives, I talk about mine as a little Jeffrey.
0: Yeah. And for me, a little Bethy, Um, it, it gives us a moment to see it a little bit outside and like, at least as an arm's length, Uh, not as an, yeah, to differentiate, not to distant, not in a negative distant way, but a, a place to be mindful, to observe, to see what's going on and why this is affecting us so much so that we can bring healing because if we're so, um, enmeshed with this part and we can't see it from at least a distance, we don't know how to tend and care for it. And so it's important that we do that. And what about the beloved child? What is the beloved child like?
1: Well, the you know, whenever I'm at my best, it's because there's a sense of fullness. I think of it almost experiencing it like an accordion. At times there's this, this sense of where I've, I'm have i deprived, lacking, I'm more anxious, uh, less full. And then there are those times where my heart is full and I can be present with other people without wondering where I stand in relationship with them. And that's where this beloved part of myself really has come to recognize that I know who I am and I know whose I am. It's the Spirit-led self, the Spirit that the Lord has given us to fill us and to walk with us. It knows it's loved, it's provided for, and that Christ. all that I have in Christ is, comes through faith and it's given to me by grace and not by works. I no longer need to seek safety and security from anything or anyone else because I can trust in the guidance that God does provide, and I don't need to frenetically go and try to find it. So when it comes to my beloved self, there's a few things that come to mind for me is that one, courageousness. I, I find that I can be committed, warm, playful and treat others equally, but do so in a courageous way. Why? Because Christ has my back. Uh, and next, I'm not alone. I know that I there's a part of me that recognizes that Christ is with me in this moment. Despite the fact it may be difficult, I can work through this knowing that Christ is with me. And that because of the Holy Spirit's discernment and guidance, all of this stuff from the inner committee actually becomes discernment. It becomes a gift to be able to read and understand and to exercise wisdom. That is understanding right relationship in the world and be able to pursue God's purposes within it.
0: When you are able to speak to yourself in that gospel uh, centered messages with those gospel centered messages, at least for us, that's what we call gospel self-talk and it's so vital to each of the types ability to one, see their wounded child from a distance Um, in a way that we can be mindful of how they're hurting, but bring the healing balm of the gospel to them. So that it's not that we're isolating, because I know at least for me, for many years, it was like, oh, I don't like that part of me and trying to like push it aside and shove it aside and get rid of it. And we can't get rid of it. We need to help it to heal. So bringing the gospel in this gospel self-talk way is so um, beneficial, necessary, and crucial.
1: Well, if you think about it, so I... In my unhealthier seasons, I am using younger parts of my heart to try to resolve and bring comfort to adult Jeff. And we're living out the same strategies that have never worked. And so I have team meetings. These are just times in the morning where I just sit back in solitude and quietness and just ask myself, okay, what's going on inside? What are my fears? What are my thoughts? What are my questions? What am I inclined to go and find answers for right now? And then once I identify which of these parts, whether it be a wing, whether it be a path, uh, to ask like what What do you need today? What What do you need to be assured of? What direction do you need? What action plan do we want to go about today? So that we're not acting out of this orphan like heart, but we're actually doing so out of beloved.
0: Yeah, and to guide them back into the uh, truth of the gospel is so important. I mean, that is key for real transformation. Okay, so let's take a look at the connecting types for type six, which let's start with the first one. It's the wings, and the wings are on either side of your main type. So for the six, it's types five and seven. Now, for the six, your core motivations are what reigns supreme. So your core fear, desire, weakness, and longing— that's the driving force, but these connecting parts of you are going to bring either positive or negative characteristics, depending on if the wounded or the beloved child is leading your heart. So it's important for us to understand our EIP correctly so that we can guide it. Okay. So can you tell us about your type five part?
1: Yeah, I call the type five part of my heart. I call him Bob. Um, Bob was a, pastor and mentor in my life, uh, dear friend also, but he introduced me to sort of the intellectual part of Christianity, side of Christianity, and so I became a reader. And that was both a gift and a burden because then uh, rather than engaging in life, oftentimes I wanted to read about life, to feel equipped to enter into it, which is a very five-like characteristic. So yeah. why don't we talk through a little bit about what a, a, the five looks like, and then we'll talk a little bit more about how it shows up for the six. But the, the five is observant, wise, curious, uh, analytical, intellectual. Uh, they can be emotionally distant and independent. And it feel, they feel like they, they don't have enough knowledge to move forward into the world competently. And so therefore they withdraw to gain understanding before they can move forward. Well, if when the fives are misaligned, they're trying to protect the wounded child. So particularly as it relates to the six, uh, the six with uh, using their five wing unhealthily will start to build boundaries so that they can privately process their racing thoughts and anxiety and try to get away from people who would drain them. But, and, well, I shouldn't say, but, and they become fiercely independent. They can become, sixes can become secretive and isolated to protect themselves from harm. And though, you know, I, I looked at books. It could be a, any number of resources, But it's something outside of themselves in order to gain security before they enter into relationships. And And so knowledge,
0: which is a very five like thing, knowledge feels like security to you when you're bringing that five part of your heart into the equation.
1: That's right. So with all that being said about our five wing under the wounded child, but under the uh, beloved child, that actually, we're in invi- the five part of us learns to live well, one trusting that God has given us whatever we needed to know to be able to enter into life. Matter of fact, in Second uh, Corinthians, that Jesus became for us wisdom from God. We find that uh, God generously has given others uh, in community so that we can have wisdom and share and participation, and no matter what we may face, we were going to face it together. And it connects both our hearts and our minds. And so the five helps us to understand whenever it's led by the beloved child, it helps us to understand life, but to also stay connected with real people.
0: Okay. So let's head into type seven, your wing seven. How does that play a role in your life?
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is kind of funny. My friends, uh, whenever I was pastoring, gave me this nickname, but uh, we call him El McCordo. Um, and so our listeners may, if you've been listening for a while, maybe you've heard me mention, but I was actually adopted. And so uh, when I was 30, I found my biological mother and found out what my uh, racial heritage was. I didn't know that uh, until that time. But I'm so I, I'm half Mexican and according to birth. But at the same time, I was adopted into this Scottish family, McCord mm-hmm. clan and so they call me El Macordo, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny, or at least this seven part of my heart finds it fun, which is funny, fun yeah. and sarcastic and yeah. venturesome. It's the exact opposite of this five wing part of my heart, but it's clearly there. That he has his own story and role in my life. But mm-hmm. so why don't we talk a little bit about the wing seven? the The seven wing is outgoing, spontaneous. It can be distracted and impatient. But a lot of friendliness and love to have fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, it supports me and my main type in helping me establish a larger support system through loyal friendships and broader connections. Now, you can imagine that's a very sexy thing to do, right? Is yeah. that this seven part gives me the energy to keep networking and keep yes. winning people over. Yeah. Why? Because I may need them someday for <laughs> guidance or to fulfill sure. a role in my life. Yeah. Well, when the seven wing is misaligned and trying to protect the wounded child, I find in my own life that I start demanding that others meet my need for excitement and distraction. Um, I use experiences or people as escape hatches. So I may get provocative to kind of test loyalties with people or to kind of end relationships. Uh, avoiding the feelings of pain, sadness, disappointment, anxiety by looking Um, being overly optimistic or uh, just trying to dismiss or deny what's actually happening in my life because I don't want to feel the anxiety. But under the leadership of the beloved child, I do find that there's a tremendous gift to this seven part of my heart because I I can experience moments with grace and enjoy. There's a tremendous invitation that sevens bring to sixes. Um, I believe that life's not all about being serious and it's not all daunting, It can be life-giving. Uh, it can bring happiness, abundance, and freedom, and I don't need to be suspicious of that. Uh, the seven part of my heart helps me to relax from always being responsible, but delights in being present in life, but also delights in other people, um, succeeding around me.
0: So when does your El Cordo, part show up? What does it look like? Maybe give us an example of misaligned and aligned.
1: Uh, the seven part, El McCordo. So if, if I'm uncomfortable in a social situation, sometimes El McCordo will test loyalties. So I'll get, try to get really funny and see how they're going to respond. And so I may drop a cuss word just or, to see like, where yeah, you So gonna you're going to be? be provocative. I'm going to be provocative. Yes. And, and Beth, <laughs> knows when El McCordo is present.
0: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. When, when, she well, both when it's misaligned but aligned. That's right.
1: Yes. Uh, in another sense, uh, El McCordo shows up in uh, you know, running a business, and particularly with the season of business that we're in uh, with so many team members and so much opportunity to serve people. There are a lot of demands. But El McCordo, I find that I still desire to create um, a team culture that is life-giving that I can get really serious very fast and I want to go deep with everybody. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we need a break. We need to be able to laugh. We need to Um, be and have fun. And so most of the gift giving to our team, uh, the parties with our team, all the fun with our team. It's not me
0: folks.
1: (laughs) uh, That comes from that part of my heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, we really do have a lot of fun and, um, you know, we keep it deep and authentic and real, but also with a sense of, um like, wittiness and sense of humor. And so it really kind of balances everything out. But, yeah. I, mean, that's I mean, Even not recently,
1: my... there was a Zoom meeting that we had, and the team was having a fun old time in chat, making fun of some stuff that yeah. I was saying. And I realized after, like, man, I don't know if I felt respected in that. Then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the one who created exactly. (laughs)
0: You created that control, and it wasn't disrespectful. They were having fun, and you created that atmosphere, that safe atmosphere to have some fun. So, um, yeah. So it's a it's a really great thing because sixes can feel so responsible and be so hardworking and so committed. That seven wing brings that sense of balance of joy and fun, and and again, the six thinks they're always in reality, though others might experience it as pessimism but the seven wing brings a little bit more of that optimistic joyful abundance mm-hmm. uh, to the six and so it's really you know um a neat balance but also the five how the five helps you to be a troubleshooter to get mm-hmm. the information and to get things uh working the way that they need to get working so as you guys can see that both our wings play a vital part in who we are and we're not limited to just one wing. Now, if you've ever thought that, like, no, I just have one wing. You don't. You have both wings. So and I'm not
1: a six with a five wing. I'm a six yeah. with a five and seven wing.
0: Right. And you use them to varying degrees and in varying circumstances. Now, you might find that you're using one more than the other, or at least maybe you're more mindful of it. And I encourage you to be more mindful and, and jot down and write down how both of your wings are showing up and what role they play on play in. Um whether misaligned or in because they are going to do both. Because if you're blind to the negative attributes of your wings, then you're missing out on growth opportunities and you're going to continue to do unhealthy patterns, which only wreaks havoc for you and others. But we also don't want to be blind to the positive parts of our wings. Um, so like if someone's like, oh, I'm a six with a seven wing only, Well, you might be missing out on some really incredible parts of the five wing or vice versa. And when you get stuck, why not allow and ask the Holy Spirit, hey, I'm stuck. What are other resources that you have built within me that I can utilize and bring forth right now? So the wings um, are part of your connecting types that you can utilize. Now the final two parts for the type six, um, their EIP is the Enneagram paths. Now we use the word Enneagram paths to relate to the two lines that your main type is connected to, to other types. So all you gotta do is look at the symbol, find your main type and see what two types are connected by the lines. And for six, that's type three and type nine. Now for a lot of you, you're kind of used to one path being for stress and the other path for growth. And that's it. Well, If we do the advanced Enneagram, you'll learn that we actually use both our Enneagram paths, both in healthy and unhealthy ways, depending on whether the wounded or the beloved part is leading um, our heart. So let's dive into the Type 3's path and Mm -hmm. talk about um, how it can be misaligned or aligned.
1: Yeah, I I call this part of my heart Charlie. Uh, I've got a dear friend uh, that reminds me of the kind of behaviors that come out sometimes whenever I'm trying to win people and I'm more focused on how people experience or perceive me. Uh, and that part of me that's a little competitive mm-hmm. and that wants to win, yeah. um, that wants, doesn't want to fail and wants to avoid failure for what it might mean if I didn't work hard enough or I didn't do enough for the team. I don't want to be that guy. Um, but the type three part of us can be efficient and effective it moves towards being competent adaptable but remember it's always in relation to proving loyalty to others right cuz you're the it's sixth person foremost centered kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah that's right so it supports our main type by creating supportive and loyal connections with others through our accomplishments mm-hmm. determination and ability so you kind of see with that how the three part of our heart's work for us but when it's misaligned and it's trying to protect our wounded parts our wounded child um, we'll keep busy to avoid feeling anxious we'll refuse to try something new for potential because of potential failure, or we might worry about our image and what other people think of us under the leadership of our beloved child. And this is such the the beautiful part about EIP is that this three part of us actually has a gift to bring. It knows how to be direct and uh, to be respectful and to trust ourselves to meet our goals by devising effective and efficient ways to accomplish them. We clearly can think through and put together a variety of different plans. And sometimes we actually meet those plans and follow them. We'll move forward with um, confidently. So it doesn't allow our inner committee to actually sabotage our ability to move forward. I think that's life.
0: important because as a nine and you're a six, we're both connected to three. Nines don't want to be Uh, to be confident, actually, if I'm just honest, because when we start to feel confident, we think that feeling means we've slipped into arrogancy instead of just a healthy dose of God created me to do this thing. Um, And it takes a lot of time and effort for us nines to recognize healthy confidence. I'm wondering, like for the sixes as well, do you? How do you feel? Because self doubt is such a pervasive part of the six. What is having confidence in yourself? What does that even mean or look like? Or what's the struggle there?
1: Yeah, no, it it can definitely turn into arrogance. Um, that is one of the unique things about it. That despite our self doubt, it can be like, look who I am. You you or, should recognize this.
0: I thought through all the things you guys didn't.
1: Oh, there's definitely a lot of that. Like, see, I told you so. <laughs> if, I knew if this you, all along. If
0: you would have thought through all the scenarios like I have, yes. you would have prevented. You would have known. Yeah.
1: You would have known. Right. <laughs> and, but even if we do, if we have a lot of resources, I mean, I have a very large uh, Evernote account mm. with tons of notes in it. Like there's a there's an element of I have this body of knowledge That I'm not gonna share with you because you don't have as much. It's a very five you don't even know. Okay, that's that's what I know.
0: That's the five part.
1: Nah, because there's a certain element of accomplishment in it as well. Yeah. So But remember when we have a conversation with Steve. It's just that you don't and I do.
0: But remember like Steve? Sure, yeah. A type yeah, previous five. episode, yeah. Yeah, he was like, I have 47,000. That's a
1: whole podcast episode is why does each enneagram type use Evernote? Right. I mean, it, we all use it for a variety of different ways. Yeah. I mean, maybe a 3 would but use you're, it You're to, kind
0: of being secretive like a 5. It
1: well, it's it's Okay, it's a It's ban. not secretive. It is you don't value it the way I do. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you don't deserve it. <laughs>
0: Does, is that how the part talks? You don't deserve. Oh yeah.
1: It. I mean, if you guys picked up on that, I mean, <laughs> that's that's probably how Bob talks. Mm-hmm. You don't even know. <laughs> Just slow your roll.
0: Okay. So, wait. Did we? Oh, all what, – what? What about the positive side of three?
1: Oh, the positive th- side of three. Which actually
0: we were getting into about the confidence. So we were, we were talking about the negative side of confidence, but what's the positive like
1: side? There, when people start to see my gifting, I mean, I can remember even as a place kicker in high school. So I got into it because I was a soccer player, and uh, my freshman year did really well. I uh, was going to play varsity my sophomore year, but got hurt playing soccer. And a coach just pulled my parents and I aside, said Jeff's future is with place kicking in football, Um, It's not going to be in soccer. And I felt seen and heard Mm -hmm. and it kind of put my life on. That's right. It, it put my life on some rails. Like now I know what to do and I can focus my energy on it. And so it was very passionate in it. I think too, with many of the different partnerships that we have as a company um, that are mutually enhancing um, a lot of that drive comes from this three part of my heart trying to, to win people and to collaborate so that we can face whatever hardships we are facing in the future yeah
0: and i hope that as you guys are hearing that you can hear the mixture of the six and the three that's why this is such a beautiful tool to use because we're not saying oh all of a sudden you're now just a three and that's it it's this combination of what's going on and the five is also Mm -hmm. in there and it's such, such a beautiful representation of how as humans we ebb and flow we're not just one thing you're not just your number
1: well as we typically do when we walk the wheel nines are usually the last once and so we're going to talk about phil and this is my nine path and phil and i have been friends for a very long time so
0: tell us all about the amazing phil
1: <laughs> well i the name came up for me because um dan allender talks about how we deal with our longings we fill numb or blind uh, our heart our our minds to our longings and so Will has been this kind of numbing part of me, and yet he also is the gift to help calm and remind me of rest and assurance, and so I can experience peacefulness in unhealthy ways as well as healthy ways. So this nine part of my heart's warm, loving, caring, and it's focused on affirming and supporting other people's agendas, but it can merge and accommodate to other people's desires in order to not or to not disrupt the peace that I'm having in relationship. It can support our, my main, the main type of being a six by being more trusting and encouraging, uh, particularly encouraging more restfulness. But it can also be a part of this that actually gets misaligned, and it wants to protect the wounded child. And so I'm going to try to shut down more often. I'm going to forget um, who I am and who I am in Christ. Uh, because I'm, it's like I've am i been abandoned, so I'm just going to take care of myself now. Uh, it, I can become irritable sometimes when others start interrupting or disturbing and kind of pressing me mm-hmm. for things whenever I don't want to engage with life. But when I'm under the leadership of the beloved child, this nine part of my heart can will actually take the time to relax and enjoy the moment, so it's actually a gift to me. Rather than the restless mind, to actually be with people, to empathize with others and extend compassion, which you know a lot of our team would recognize that about me—that we 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 see people, and then to bring about security in relationships by being calm and stable—and that's another attribute that our team often says, like you know, when difficult situations, we can trust Jeff's going to keep a level head through this all. And they don't know how much effort it takes to do that, but they do experience well, that.
0: when it wasn't actually, you know, early on, like in your 20s and even your early 30s, you know, that's, I would say, El Macordo, your seven part My was, wife
1: is out. me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm outing you. <laughs> going I back can, to my teenage... Wow, I can do going it because I'm a nine, so I'll do it <laughs>
0: softly. No, but, oh, um, but I would say the nine part of your heart was I mean, you remember
1: that in kansas city when we were pastoring there someone saying yes to me, that's I, what i was going
0: to say like, yeah well okay so let me back up so jeff thought he was an eight for many years many years because you, but you really didn't. no i didn't <laughs> i knew you were six um but because you would meet your fears head on yes and strongly very
1: reactive to fear
0: a lot of um intensity a lot of passion a lot of drive. And so it looked, the outward part of you looked very eight-ish to you and others. Um, and so as you grew in your own self-awareness and your own relationship with Christ and others, you learned really to tap into the nine part of your heart. Well,
1: I started to see how that was actually sabotaging my goals. Like I, right. people perceived me as being strong and arrogant and I'm like, and, wait a minute. And
0: threatening versus What you wanted
1: scared to death.
0: Yeah. And you wanted them to feel safe and you wanted them to feel a part of the team or a part of the group. And you wanted to have that sense of community, but you can't have community if people don't feel safe. And so you started to, to learn and to grow and to bring in the nine part of your heart, which allowed you to see the perspective of others and to bring softness and gentleness and tenderness. And so when we went to Kansas City, when we were, what, 27-ish, um, that's when in your first role as an assistant pastor, someone was like, oh, Jeff, you are so kind and so gentle. And we were like, what?
1: Who are you talking about?
0: <laughs> but it was also this rejoicing time of, because it wasn't like you, were, you weren't you were mean. You were just yes. intense. And it was like, oh, finally someone's seeing you. For who I've always seen you, yes. they're not seeing this strong facade. They're seeing that tender part of your heart yes. that's always there.
1: Now, understand, too, that which is the some best of those part, years, which is the I nine a, part. I had a flat top, so I looked <laughs> intimidating. That's true. And, uh, and maybe that was part of that kind of reactivity of, I'm going to look well, stronger than I actually am. And we
0: actually know a lot of our friends that are sixes, not all of them, but a lot of them, because your mind's a flywheel and you're thinking of all the things that could happen, A lot of times our friends that are sixes, they don't have as much facial affect when Mm. they're thinking so much. And so then people are like, are you okay, mad, happy, sad? I don't know where you're landing. And so people typically in that scenario are going to usually assume there's something negative going on versus asking the question of the six that they're in relationship with, because they might just be thinking and they might be totally fine.
1: So can I share a story? Just I mentioned flat top and this came to mind and, I had a hair stylist, I can't remember the company, it was, at a, it, was, it was at the mall, and I was growing my hair out to be all one length. And so wait, I had how, a lot of wait, hair. How old were you? This was probably my sophomore year of okay, high school. Okay, I was gonna
0: say, this is before my time.
1: And I went in and said, I want a flat top, but I want you to leave it long in the back. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> If you guys aren't watching YouTube, like the you reason need, why I'm
1: remembering this is need because to to you stood and no, look at I'm my not. facial expression. well, the reason why I'm remembering this is because I thought to myself, i I think now like I look back on him with fondness, like he protected me because he immediately <laughs> said, "I will not do that, either awesome. you're gonna keep this or I'm gonna give you a flat top, but you're not gonna go halvesies." <laughs> and it was such a gift, like you. I mean, because I mean, so that, that would have been
0: early 90s. If those
1: pictures still existed.
0: You would have been in trend now. I
1: don't know. Because the mullet, I don't oh, know, really. flat
0: top mullet, mm, that is stretching it. Yeah.
1: But it's just, that's that's awesome that you brought back that memory. See, somebody took care of me in that moment. It was one of those nice mall places. I, Regis? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, what am I doing going to Reaches? <laughs> And then, well, like, this other one I went to, like, it was just it a was hole-in-the-wall barbershop.
0: <laughs> 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 guys, welcome to oh, the Gen X uh, oh, podcast. Gosh,
1: yeah. Thanks, sir. Okay, back from commercial. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that you guys are enjoying just kind of listening and visualizing how we have all Experiencing
1: all this <laughs> sickness. That's <laughs> yes. what they're getting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope you can you can deal with it, um, because the sixes a are
1: horrible the- <laughs> way of putting. I hope you can deal. If you stayed with us this long, <laughs> In this-
0: Okay, I'll say that again. Well, I hope that you guys are enjoying just this fun banter of looking at the type sixes, uh, different connecting parts, their main type with the wounded and beloved child, um, and sixes are the most complex on the enneagram. So we didn't even like talk about how there are. Phobic sixes, all the way to counterphobic sixes. Uh, there's a wide range of how sixes really d- display themselves. We talked about you being more of the counterphobic, where you looked very eightish, but there's a lot of sixes that don't look aggressive or don't look intense, and they actually look very fearful. So, that to be said, as we are looking at your EIP parts, we want to remember that it's like. Um, Being on a bus and either your beloved child or your wounded child is driving the bus. And if the wounded child is driving the bus, that's not good because they're misaligned. They're ill-equipped. They're like little children. And it's just going to lead you into a ditch. It's not going to get you anywhere good. So we want the Holy spirit to awaken our beloved child, to get the beloved child back into the driver's seat, listening to the truths of scripture and, and trusting him to guide and to lead, lead us into safety. So we hope that this is helpful for you guys as you continue to learn more about your main type, but all the connecting parts that are playing a big role in your everyday life. Remember, we don't want to shame and blame or try to push aside uh, the wounded parts of our heart. We want to actually understand them and to guide them back into gospel
1: truth. So one of the things that actually is a helpful exercise is to give these different parts of our hearts names. And one of the reasons for that is that it helps us to identify. Now, it could be little Jeff or younger Jeff. Um, It could be the number like this part of my heart, but just a way to be able to identify whenever it's happening. Now, as we've talked through this, a lot of this has come about through Enneagram coaching. And if you'd like to meet with a coach, we have a number of coaches in our coaching directory. You can go to myenneagramcoach.com. To find a coach in your area or find out someone who has some particular expertise in some areas that you're interested in. And be sure to pre order a book more than your number. You can find it anywhere books are sold for pre order. It releases here in September. A lot of great things are going to be coming out talking about uh, this new book and the Enneagram internal profile. And if you have a type six in your life, one. You ought to feel lucky. Um, (laughs) But be sure to share this episode with them. Be sure to tag them in the comments. So uh, hopefully this will be a helpful exercise for those sixes in your life.
0: Absolutely. And remember, the Enneagram reveals your need for Jesus, not your need to work harder. It's the gospel that transforms us.